listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the Future of Pharmacy Podcast, featuring the innovators transforming medication management. The Future of Pharmacy Podcast is brought to you by OmniCell. Welcome to the Future of Pharmacy Podcast. I'm Dennis Wright, Senior Director of Product Marketing at OmniCell, and I'm your guest host for this episode. Thanks for joining us here today. So today we're talking about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, that is IV robotics. So IV robotics have been around for a long period of time, going on over a decade now. And historically, they have provided proven benefits to hospitals and health systems that have been leveraging them, specifically in the areas of enhancing patient safety, improving accuracy, helping hospitals and health systems take control over their IV supply chain, and then also reducing cost, especially the cost associated with 503B outsourcers, and then also medication waste that can come from the OR. So despite those proven benefits, if you look back historically, adoption of these types of technologies have been relatively low. Depending on the source that you look at, it's anywhere from 5% to 7% of hospitals and health systems that are leveraging IV robotic technology. So that really raises the question, why? Why has the market really held back on wide-scale adoption of this technology? And, you know, as we've reached out to the market, I think there's two really key things that have continued to come up as themes, and that's throughput and reliability. You know, the market has said IV robots are simply not fast enough and they're not reliable enough for our institutions to adopt. So that really changed earlier this year when new IV robotic technology was launched and rolled out into the market. And that was really designed around addressing those historical challenges with throughput and reliability. And I'm very honored today to have our special guest here, Berkeley Sykes, who is the pharmacy operations manager at Huntsville Hospital in Huntsville, Alabama, join us as she is one of the early users of this new IV robotic technology that's on the market. So Berkeley's here today with us to talk a little bit about her experience and Huntsville Hospital's experience with IV robotic technology. So Berkeley, welcome and, and thank you for joining today. Thank you, Dennis. I'm really glad to be here. Excellent. So Berkeley, why don't we start really at the beginning, if you can give a little bit of an overview of Huntsville Hospital, and then some of your early experience with IV robotics and how you're using them there at Huntsville. Sure, yeah, I'd love to. So Huntsville Hospital is a 971-bed community hospital. It's located in Huntsville, Alabama. That's in North Alabama. We serve as the flagship of 12 hospitals within the Huntsville Hospital Health System. And if Huntsville, Alabama rings a bell for anyone, it might be because the city was actually voted as the best place to live in the United States this year by the U.S. News and World Report. So that's been fun. As the hospital pharmacy operations manager, I provide operational leadership and strategic guidance for inpatient and outpatient sterile compounding, centralized services, inventory management, pharmacy IT, Really like most ops managers, I get to wear many hats, but my favorite of all is the sterile compounding and IV robotics. For the past 20 years, I've been able to provide direction for sterile and hazardous compounding regulations, IV workflow technology implementation, IV robotics. Both of those journeys began for us back in 2013, as well as clean room design, construction throughout the hospital system. 
I've really been fortunate enough that I've been highly involved in probably seven to eight clean room builds over the years, which I really enjoy. And most recently, I led the design and build of a standalone Ivy Robotics Center that was established for the addition of our new OmniCell IVX station compounding robots. And that was really, really neat. Excellent, Berkeley. I remember when that article came out from U.S. News and World Report, I was so excited to see Huntsville, Alabama listed as the best place to live. And I, I think I sent it to you almost immediately. I was really excited to see that. So Berkeley, talking about your experience with IV Robotics, and I know it goes back a long way, can you take us back maybe to the early days of what was the reason that Huntsville Hospital started to go down this path and made the decision to leverage IV robotic technology as part of your pharmacy operation? We implemented our first IV station back in 2013. Of note, the staff actually voted at that time, and we named her Rita trying to get the staff involved in that process. And they named her Rita. We got our second in 2016, and her name is Margot. And it was really an uh, interesting time back then. It was very different from the technology we have today, but I've never regretted it. And over the years, I've been asked multiple times, like, why did we choose IV Automation? And Really, that answer is super easy for me. Our main objectives have not changed since the beginning. They are safety and they are savings. And while I would love to only say safety, it's the savings that helps us pay for the safety. But fortunately, these two go hand in hand. The IV Robotics really allows us to safely prepare medications without human inconsistency. And that in turn reduces our dependency on outsourcing. So this provides us a two-pronged result of saving us a significant amount of money by not purchasing these expensive 503B drugs. And it also reduces our exposure to the quality assurance issues that we all know are inherent with the 503B products. It's been such a long, interesting road from when we first got IV Robotics to now we have the IVX station. And one of the main reasons why we made this change was really based on regulations. And I'm sure you'll remember when the initial USP 797 revisions were released, there were greatly reduced BUDs for extended dating. And we were very concerned with how we were going to manage our successful program with those kinds of changes. We were really worried that we were going to lose our ability to prepare medications that we have been storing in the automated dispensing cabinets and able to do this for extended periods of time. So we really needed a solution to this extended BUD problem. And at that point, we decided to invest in the new IVX station from OmniCell because it's faster, more reliable. It was gonna really enable us to make smaller batches of medications more often. And the goal of that was to help us avoid extended dating as much as possible while we could still prepare safe medications and avoid outsourcing. Our hope is that this will help us to not only just maintain our return on investment, but it should also increase as we can expand our portfolio thanks to the faster robot. It allows for increased production. I'm sure you saw the final USP 797 revision was released last week. And the BUDs are definitely better than that first one that came out, but they're still short and going to impact us. So I'm just really glad we've made this shift to IVX. It's going to be beneficial for us. There have been many improvements that OmniCell has made in the redesign in the IVX, and we're super excited about this. 
compared to the IV-2, there's significantly higher throughput. I know I've mentioned that before, but it's really going to help us a lot. And we're hoping to provide some support for our sister hospitals within our system as regulations in our state allow. We actually intend to triple our current IV-2 production, and this should help us to nearly double our ROI. And another big plus for us, and I think would be for others as well, is that OmniCell has made operational changes to the robotic processes, and that will help us to utilize a cloud-based formulation library so that we can more quickly add new drugs to produce, and that will help us when there are drug shortages because there's a major impact to our manual labor when drug shortages come about, a lot of pressure on our IV techs and pharmacists that the robots can actually help relieve. You said something, Berkeley, that was really impactful because I have the opportunity of going around and talking to hospitals and health systems that have adopted IV robotic technology across the country. And one of the things that I've found is a commonality that you said in the reason for why Huntsville Hospital went about this is patient safety is really why folks are adopting technology, but the ROI or the cost savings is how they can justify it within their organization. I've always thought that it's a really beautiful thing when you can do both. So often these days, there's trade-offs where you can have a much safer process but it's going to cost you a whole bunch of money. So I think that the beauty, if you can structure it the right way with IV robotics, is you can do both at the same time. You can enhance patient safety and you can help the hospital health system save money overall. So it's it's beautiful that you're able to do both. And I think from a safety perspective, one of the things that that, that we've seen and we've said time and time again, when you think about humans doing compounding is there's two unavoidable facts about humans. We make mistakes and we generate particles. And neither of those things are good when you're talking about sterile compounding. This is where IV robotics that can do things in a very clean and sterile way and a very repeated, highly reliable process over and over and over and over again. I hope to see a day where technology is used across the board for any time an IV sterile preparation is made, it's going through some form of technology, whether that's robotics or workflow technology, because I think... It's just too critical a task and the implications are so grave. That's really what we have to strive toward as an industry and as an organization. If you go back, you you told us a little bit about the history that Huntsville Hospitals had with IV robotic technology. But if you can kind of fast forward to this summer, this is when you implemented the brand new IVX station that you had referenced. Can you talk a little bit about what that transition looked like, the overall implementation process itself, and then any early impacts that you've seen at Huntsville Hospital since the implementation. That was a very exciting time. It was a busy time, as I'm sure you could imagine. Our robotics team is just incredible. So I have to just have a little shout out to my team. They're amazing. We were so fortunate that we were able to actually move out of there. We were able to really reap the benefits of switching over to IVX by moving out of our clean room space and moving into a standalone building that we have dedicated specifically to IV robotics. IVX was actually able to help us pay for this, knowing that with the speed and the reliability that we were going to be able to improve and grow our program. And so that was really fantastic for us. So we moved everything over to this building and we got all settled in. And then our IVX implementation phase began. And as with any major go live, I'm sure you can just you can close your eyes and picture this, all the people running around and planning and working and making this happen. It was was really busy. 
but there were just so many OmniCell people involved in the project. I mean, for weeks, we had engineers, there were project management, there was a product team, just all kind of people in and out who were helping us. They were fixing things and educating and teaching us what to do. And I think a big part too, is they were really listening to us. What's working, what's not working, what do you need? And truly the leaders and the developers at OmniCell, just they're always thinking about our best interests. Already we've had some releases of some new updates that have come out that were based on the needs of our program. And they definitely have our best interest in mind for future roadmap updates. Just it's that part has really been just incredible for us. And it's not over. I'm talking like we already did that. I mean, this is ongoing today, even though we implemented or we went live like mid-July. And so, you know, we're still working on that. It's been fantastic. You're listening to the Future of Pharmacy podcast. I'm Dennis Wright, your guest host, and I'm joined by Berkeley Sykes Pharmacy Operations Manager at Huntsville Hospital in Alabama. One of the things that I think you've always done such a great job, Berkeley, is gaining organizational buy-in around the strategy for IV robotics at Huntsville Hospital. As you think about some of your peers out there that might be in a similar boat where they're maybe trying to get buy-in within their organization to adopt and implement IV robotics, I loved your idea about involving the team and the staff and naming the robots themselves. I think it's even though it's a little thing, I think it goes a long way in involving the broader audience and team and support of this strategy. Do you have any other advice you would give out to some of your peers at other hospitals and health systems around best practices for gaining that support and adoption with some other stakeholders within your organization? It's such a good question. And I think it's something that hospitals struggle with. Pharmacy leadership can struggle with this. It's Robotics is very complicated. Thinking about your pharmacy and where you want to be and how it elevates your pharmacy and the safety that it brings, it's fantastic. And so to be able to sell that, one of the big pieces is definitely safety and all those things you mentioned are so true, Dennis, about removing the humans and how much safer the robot is just inherently in its design. So, you know, really talking about that, looking at errors maybe that you've had with either manual preparations, looking at errors that you've had from 503Bs, particularly if you outsource, I think that's a big piece of talking about 483s or just the changes that have come over time, the catalogs that they have, you can't get the drugs that you need and they don't come to you as quickly. And that leads also into labor issues when you can't get these products. This year has been riddled with shortages. And then, of course, they're going to say, well, how are you going to pay for this? Because we would like to think that question never comes up, but it does. If you are outsourcing, that's a number one, because you can bring all that stuff in. And then there's also, you mentioned OR syringes and waste and meeting regulations like Joint Commission and stuff by having ready-to-use products that you didn't have to outsource. And the waste, if you're not doing that, single-use vials, throwing them away all the time. So those are some of the things I would recommend right off the bat. Yeah, those are great recommendations, Berkeley. And as we talk to other pharmacy leaders you know, across the country, I think you, you'd mentioned C-suite involvement. There's some folks we've heard stories where members of the C-suite have literally never been down in the basement of the hospital and never been down in the pharmacy. So I think that reminding them of the value that these types of solutions can provide. And then the other thing is like, don't take anything for granted. Don't assume that they know the challenges that pharmacy is faced with. Don't assume that they understand 
the dangers that are inherent with manual compounding. And like you mentioned, 503Bs and some of the safety issues they've had. So I think that's fantastic advice. So Berkeley, you mentioned going live with the new technology this summer, the new IVX station. Can you share some of the early metrics, any early wins or successes you've had since the implementation of the the brand new IV robots? We have been really happy with the progress we've made so far. Since our go live, that was mid-July, we've had about 7,900 preparations utilizing the IVX. Just last week, we started moving into our second phase, adding some new drugs, and we're just going to keep adding more and more preps, and we expect our volumes to continue to increase. We expected to have some high yields based on our experience with the IV2 robots, but these are just truly impressive and consistent. We've been at 98% for both the robot passes and for the pharmacist quality checks. I think that's been fantastic. And I know I keep talking about the speed, but we really have been impressed with the speed of the IBX so far. The technician robot operators, they have just been amazed by the throughput rate. If you go and ask them, like, what do you think about these new robots? They always start with, it is so fast. (laughs) And I've loved hearing that from them. So we're just really excited to see what the future holds for our new IVX stations. That's excellent. I absolutely love to hear that because that's what we were trying to set out to do was really address those challenges with, like I said, especially throughput and reliability. So that's fantastic to hear. So I know Berkeley, Huntsville Hospital and yourself have nearly a decade of experience with IV robotics. But we we realize that's not that's not something you could package together and really get that information into someone else's brain. And there's a lot of fears out there with moving forward with a program like this. Like you said, they can be robots can be complicated, they can be misunderstood, et cetera. So one of the really exciting things for us is for some of those folks that are a little bit more hesitant to move forward, we've put together a service program where we actually combine the robots with analytics tools, clinical data, so these three-lot CGMP stability studies, as well as omnicell technicians and expert services to help deliver this all together. So again, not, not everybody can have a decade. You're, you're a decade ahead of a lot of folks, Berkeley. So that's one of the things that we've rolled out recently to help ease some of those fears, ease that ability to adopt new technology. With that said, where do you see the future of IV automation and where it may be heading? It's really an exciting time for IV automation. Thinking back, like sterile compounding has been going through major changes for years in terms of technology and regulations and oversight. So thinking of our robots, I've watched OmniCell adapt with the changes and stay a step ahead for the sake of their customers and our patients. And this includes improving old technology, listening to our requests and needs, for example, the faster speed and increased reliability and by helping us continually address how IV robotics is different in terms of safety to regulatory agencies, such as USP and FDA. And my hope is that it will all culminate in the recognition of IV robotics compounding as vastly safer than human compounding. Berkeley, thanks for laying all that out. What would you like to say to others that are thinking about implementing IV robotics into their health system? Well, Dennis, I'm glad you asked that question, really, because I was exactly where many of our listeners were years ago. And I know what a lot of them may be thinking because I was thinking the exact same thing. And that is that IV robots, they seem kind of scary. They are expensive. 
and they seem complicated. In fact, they are complicated. You know, they are not toasters. That's what I like to tell everyone. But I just truly believe that any hospital can overcome these fears with dedication and partnership. They can realize the value and potential of IV robotics as a means to enhance patient safety and reduce costs like we've been talking. Just as with any worthy effort, there are going to be growing pains and you have to have some patience with it. But I have never once in all these years regretted having IV robotics. I'm really passionate about it. And I do hope to see a day when all IV preps are going through some kind of technology, IV workflow, IV robotics, just in the name of safety. I really, truly hope to see that one day. Thank you for all the insights, Berkeley. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, I first want to thank our expert, Berkeley Sykes, Pharmacy Operations Manager of Huntsville Hospital in Alabama. And I also want to thank you, our listening audience, for joining today. For the Future of Pharmacy podcast, I'm Dennis Wright, and thanks for listening. This has been the Future of Pharmacy podcast, featuring the innovators transforming medication management. Until next time, don't get stuck in the clouds. The Future of Pharmacy podcast is brought to you by OmniCell.